0: Welcome to the F-Sharp Podcast, presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared to educate you on all things financial. Co-hosts Tanner Bortnam and Adam Henning discuss various financial topics presented in a consumable and entertaining manner. Tanner is a certified financial planner, JD, and financial expert, while Adam is a marketing professional and small business owner. It's time to harmonize. Sit back and enjoy the episode. Your future self will thank you.
1: Welcome to episode 49 of the F-Sharp podcast presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared to educate you on all things financial. I'm your co-host Adam Hedding, marketing professional and small business owner, and I'm joined as always with co-host certified financial planner JD and financial expert Tanner Bortnam. Before we jump into this episode, if you haven't yet, please like, subscribe, leave us a review. If you have any questions or suggestions, shoot us an email at podcast at financiallysharp.com. That is podcast at financiallysharp.com. Also, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, or want to watch us on YouTube, search financially sharp podcast, and don't forget to click that bell. Once you're there, subscribe to our channel. We appreciate it very much. The 49th installment of the F sharp podcast is our quarterly market update. Uh, this is quarter three update for 2023 as we record it on Sunday, September 24th, as we welcome in Tanner. Tanner, how are we doing? This podcast will be uh, released on Monday. So, tomorrow, September 25th. So, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Or the episode, I should say. Sometimes we mix up podcast with episode. Um, That's all the same. So, yeah, welcome. What's up, sir? Good, sir. Oh, nothing. (laughs) <laughs> we won't get into personal. That's right. Personal. That's right. We're emotions. not going down. Not going just, down
2: that tangent of, of football today. So we're all good. Yes, some of us so are all good. If you want
1: to do but. your research, I'm a Vikings fan. It's uh, Sunday, September 24th. So go watch what happened on Sunday. <laughs> so. uh, anyways, um, as the uh, the weather starts to break, the leaves start to turn colors and. Fall hits. We're ending quarter three, heading into quarter four. Did uh, did we s- perform as expected? Higher, better, worse? Um, How did the uh, the markets do?
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess that kind of depends. Better on... than the Vikings? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, maybe not. Maybe si- maybe similar. Maybe maybe similar. Actually, um, I think it really just kind of depends on what your expectations were, uh, you know, to start the quarter back uh, in July. Um, My expectations, I actually think the markets did pretty well this quarter. Um, You know, since we started the year out really hot, if you go back and listen to our quarter two update, um, you know, I remember saying something to the extent of, I wouldn't be surprised if we give some of this back. We, you know, went up really quickly, not a ton of data to support why we went up, as much as we did so quickly. And we gave a little bit of it back. You know, July was a good month, August, not so much September, a little bit worse, but overall for the quarter itself, you know, the S and is down 3%, nothing, nothing to really get too worried about with that. I think that that's a pretty good quarter. Like I mentioned, based on having such a high value to start, um, July at, uh, you know, Data is starting to catch up. That makes it a little bit better and makes, you know, makes those numbers a little bit better. But I still think we're probably overvalued even at this point with a a three percent pullback over this quarter. Um, you know, inflation's still high. Uh companies are making money, but you know, we we still have and, and inflation isn't as high as last year by any means, but it it's not at that two percent mark that the Fed wants. And so, you know, we're still. range. So it still means I have some work to do. And unfortunately, um, you know, the inflation works kind of like a bell curve, right? And that last bit is the hardest to get out of the economy. You know, the first parts are easy. That last part's the hardest and takes the longest. So, um, kind of jumping into that, I guess, or or segueing into that, you know, the fed raised interest rates 0.25% in July, and then at their last meeting here in September, they left them the same. So we're now at 5.5% um, for the federal funds rate. It is expected that, um, you know, based on the the uh, uh, statements made by Jerome Powell, who's the Fed chair uh, at this last meeting in September, keeps saying that inflation is sticky. It's, you know, it's tough, you know, to get out. And so... Um, You know, they're likely going to, they keep saying likely have to stay higher for longer. Um, And what the market is reading into that is probably one more 25 uh, point um, or 0.25%, I guess we'll say it that way, Um, hike yet this year in 2023 at some point uh, before the end of the year. And then we'll see how 2024 turns out, Um, but they're likely going to have to keep interest rates you know, 5.75% up there for a while or until we go into, you know, into a recession where now they actually have some wiggle room to to lessen that and, and, and start lowering them and, and ease that a little bit.
1: And this is the high water mark still 5.5% in this little, this little what bubble or whatever you want to call it last three, four years.
2: Yes, yes, yeah. This, this is the high high point of where we've been since um, don't quote me on it, but I believe somewhere before before 2010, um, so before like the 2007-2008 um, financial crisis, we haven't had interest rates be this high or the federal funds rate. So yeah, I mean, we're a lot higher. But again, as we've reiterated time and time again on different episodes, this is actually normal interest rates when you go look back at history. What we have experienced the previous you know, 10 years is the anomaly. And I know people got used to that, but like 3% mortgages are not sustainable. Like that's not normal. Those were the Goldilocks, like perfect scenario for people. So if you have that 3% mortgage, kudos to you. You're likely not seeing that again or at least not seeing it again for you know, quite a while. It's going to take quite a recession for the Fed to lower interest rates basically back to zero because that's the thing you got to remember. Mortgages were at 3% when the Fed's fund rate was basically at zero or like 0.25. So that means the Fed's going to have to unwind everything they've already done by getting up to 5.5. They'd have to take it all the way back to zero for you to have somewhere around about that, and again, it's not perfectly correlated like that, but it, it's a guide, right? So, you know, interest rates just aren't going to go down to that level again. So, you know, if you're looking for a home, you're going to be waiting for a long time if you're going to sit there and wait for it to get back to three percent. Um, you know, I would. I'm not saying that they can't come down from where they are, but what I'm saying is, is you know, this this promise that's out there sometimes of oh just wait and you know do this refinance in a year at back at three percent like that that just isn't gonna happen unless something comes up where we get into a very, very bad recession, which no one is predicting is gonna happen. So something, some huge curveball would have to come out and cause that, um, you know, for us to have some big, big, big recession like that.
1: So prognosticating for a little bit here, will they once it does start to come down, will they um, lower these basis points as slow as they raised them? Uh or yeah,
2: good point or, or good question. Fall goes to plan, it well it depends. It really depends. Um, you know, for let's walk through some of these paths now. Again, I am, I'm stating what I think would potentially happen or what, what the market thinks could potentially happen, but it's all up to the Fed and, and that board of people to choose what they do. If we hit this Goldilocks soft landing where they're able to manage this and get inflation down you know, towards the 2%, 2.5% range and not cause a recession, I think they just leave interest rates because that is what mm. got us there. And they are creating a bigger buffer for themselves when a recession comes. Because again, recessions are going to come in the future. It's just a matter of when they hit. And so the higher that interest rates are when you get a recession, the more wiggle room you have to lower interest rates to help soften that blow of the recession and hopefully not have it be as, you know, um, as drastic as it otherwise could be and that's the tool of the fed that's their tool congress has their tools you know they just throw money at things as we've seen anytime we have a crisis of some sort so the fed's tool is is lowering interest rates um so i think if if they hit this soft landing i think they probably just leave interest rates where they are maybe you know maybe they drop them by a quarter of a percent or something like that but like i think they just kind of leave them now let's say we go and i'm making all of this up so I don't have a crystal ball, but let's say we go into an actual recession quarter one, quarter two of next year. If that happens, um, most of the market believes that it will be a shallow recession. Again, we've touched on that numerous times. That's still the main thought is we likely will go into a recession, but it should be pretty shallow. That allows the Fed to lower interest rates to help get us out of it quicker, how much they lower them really depends on how shallow or how deep that recession starts looking like it's going. If things really start looking like, you know, the wheels are starting to fall off, I mean, they can drop at a point in a meeting, they can drop it, I mean, they can do whatever they want. Um, I would say historically though, they tend to lower interest rates much quicker than they tend to raise interest rates. So if that is a guide then it probably bigger you know bigger drops than just 0.25 percent. But they have to be careful because having to be, you know if a recession comes up, you want to lower interest rates to help you know handle some of that. But at the same time, if you drop rates too much, you're, you could be causing panic in the markets because people read into that like oh wow things are really a lot worse than we thought because they dropped at a whole point. I mean it, you can cause kind of mass panic and it could be unjustly done or people could be acting irrationally but they may act just off of the how big the interest rate move is so they have to try to factor that in too
1: as we were kind of preparing for this episode we were just bouncing back and forth of you know what happened this quarter it's been kind of a quiet quarter
2: yeah
1: um as you zoom out from the the previous market updates that we've had no no bank crisis in this quarter or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to is, think of the other noteworthy things that happened in only well only, well, only Q3, one rate last in, hi- but, Yeah,
2: only one rate hike. Uh, you know, inflation is getting more under control. Yeah, it's it's been there's no election going on. I mean, it's been a pretty pretty boring quarter. And sometimes, boring. yeah, but that's okay. Boring is okay, you know. No news that's, is good news. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, that that's okay. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of it in terms of interest rates and and the Fed. Um. Let's see, some other things that we have going on this quarter, we have a possible government shutdown coming up that, you know, again, may start, uh, October 1st. If an agreement isn't reached prior to that, um, from everything I've been reading, it'll be non-essential workers, but, um, I believe the last agreement that they, um, that they made, uh, that Congress made pushed. Out any of the debt ceiling, though, to 2025. So there's no concern about that, or we're going to default on our our loans, anything of that regard, until 2025. But this is, you know, non-essential workers, and their their checks could be delayed, or you know, anything that you're trying to apply for with the government, or you know, things like that. um, It could really throw a wrench into those people's lives, and also slow down any of the applications and, and different things that are out there uh, that are, are being worked on or being applied for. So hopefully we don't run into that but we'll we'll find out. non essential. <laughs> That's what they call it. I don't know exactly what all groups are um that that Yeah, make that'd be, up that I mean group. we heard oh. that
1: term, you know, for COVID the the pandemic and emergencies, but I'd be interested to see how they define that from a government worker standpoint. But anyways, Mm -hmm. um, last government shutdown, 2018, 19 lasted 34 days. Anything we can learn from that or uh, anything worth mentioning on, on anything like that?
2: Um, Uh, Yeah. I mean, you know, again, I would say from a market standpoint, it, it tends to historically not have a huge impact on the market itself. Now, from all of those individuals that are part of that group of non-essential workers mm-hmm. or, or people working with those groups of people, um, no, it's a huge pain in the butt. I mean, think about that. 34 days, it's a month. You know, it's just over a month. You're, you're not getting a paycheck for over a month. Um, or or you're not having whatever project you are working on be worked on for a month, or you're not having your application gets delayed a month. You know, like there there are, it, it does throw a wrench into things. It's not it's not something to be taken lightly by any means. Um, and obviously we should, in in my opinion, um, try to avoid these. That would be ideal. But you know Congress of course always likes to go until you know, the midnight hour right beforehand because one group or both groups are trying to exert you know, pressure over the other group and, and have leverage and the leverage is always just time. The closer you get, the more everyone starts to negotiate. And it's kind of dumb. Like, how many times do you have to keep doing this? Why don't you just start negotiating a month ago so that we don't get into this situation constantly? But they must love high-stress situations because they continue to give themselves these types of
1: situations. They love panic. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So kind of one of those things I feel like everybody just glosses over it (laughs) at this point. Oh, yeah. So... Yeah. We'll keep our eye on that and see uh, if that comes um, October first, uh, what what the world gives us. So as we close out qu- quarter three, uh, time for rebalancing all the fun stuff that we normally talk about as as we head into the the final days of the year. what what can we do from a personal finance standpoint to make sure we're yeah, all in check there.
2: Yeah, yep. I, I think this is a really good quarter to, or, or time period right now at the beginning of the quarter because you still have three months before the end of the year. Um, you know, we always talk about rebalancing. Um, if you're working with an advisor, they should have a rebalancing schedule they're working on. If you're doing it yourself, hopefully you've created a rebalancing schedule. If you haven't, probably a good time to rebalance. You know, some some areas might be out of balance based on how uh, quickly... Things went up at the first uh, first half of the year, and you know we kind of just stalemate a little bit here for um, Q3 again, down just a, a little bit. But so might be a good time to rebalance, look at that before the end of the year. Um, some other things that have to get done by the end of the year: Roth conversions. Um, you know we have episodes on that. If you want to learn more about what those are, go back and listen to those. I'm a huge fan of Roth conversions. I'll be working on analyzing these in um, the fourth quarter for all of my clients and seeing whether it makes sense for them. And if it does, executing them in the fourth quarter because they have to be done uh, by December 31st. They have to be done by the end of the year. So don't wait till the end of the year. I mean, you're going to run into all those holidays and and it takes, a, it takes some time to get a Roth conversion done. It's not something that you typically just call up you know, your custodian that holds your money and say, I want this done. And they, you know, it's not like buying, executing, buying a stock or something like that. That's instantaneous. It's something they have to process. And so it can take quite a while. Um, you know, I'd say give it at least a week. So don't, don't push yourself to the end of the year, get that analyzed, see if it makes sense for you and get it executed if it does. Um, and then another one that's really good to check in right now is if you are trying to max out your 401k, Really good time to see how much you have in in there right now so that you are hitting that maximum on your last paycheck of the year. Again, we've gone over that before in previous episodes, but just real quick, the the reason behind that is, is if you're getting a company match, you want to max out your 401k on the last paycheck so that you maximize their match. Because if you max out in July, you're missing out on half a year's worth of company match so always try to max out um your 401k in december on your last paycheck or you know even if if you miss one paycheck that's better than missing half of a year so definitely something to calculate now and see if you need to make some adjustments so that you're you're hitting um that maximum towards the end of the year and, and not before
1: that very good anything else you want to add before we wrap up Nah, not market update
2: no no i think that's that's basically it like we said it's pretty boring quarter. so um you know check on those three things that we talked about at the end roth conversions maxing out 401k and, and rebalancing and and uh, you should be good good going into the end of the year
1: awesome uh these market updates are one of our more popular episodes so if you're here for for this we thank you but uh check out some of our other episodes um, some of the things that we talk about we've already touched on in previous episodes so go through the, uh, the list of the previous 48 episodes and um, give us a listen um, so we see that you're listening and we thank you um, we hope the episode has been helpful as always again thank you uh, if you haven't yet please like subscribe leave us a review if you have any questions or suggestions for a future episode shoot us an email at podcast at com. that's podcast at financially sharp. Com. Until the next episode, stay sharp, friends. We'll see you next time.
0: This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. This podcast does not engage in rendering legal, tax, financial, or other professional services. Investment advisory services are offered through Harmony Wealth, a registered investment advisor authorized to do business in states where registered or otherwise exempt from registration. If you have questions pertaining to your specific situation, please contact Harmony Wealth at 602-935-5155 or at HarmonyWealthAZ.com.